Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I took a look recently at a survey that's just become public uh, done by GLAD, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation in the United States. They used Harris, fairly substantial polling company, well-known. And what it's telling me is counterintuitive. It says that acceptance rates by the 18 to 34 population have dropped for people from the LGBTQ2 community. That doesn't sound right. Well, one of the people quoted in the article is from right here in Toronto. His name is David Rayside, and he is a professor emeritus of political science, an associate and former director of the Marques Bonham Center for Sexual Diversity Studies, University of Toronto. And he joins me now. David, welcome. Um, I'm glad to be with you. Okay. Tell me what I'm looking at here, because this doesn't sound right. I'm I'm not in the 18 to 34 group. It left me a long time ago. And uh, I look to people in that age group to advise me. And generally, they're the guys who say, you may not like tattoos. You may not like piercings. Um, you're supposed to like them because they're self-expression. So I, I defer to them and I say, fine. They're also the people who have told my generation, at least the part of my generation, that is less accepting of diversity than perhaps we should have been once upon a time that uh, LGBTQ2 is just as normal as anything else. And I accept that, but apparently 18 to 34s don't. Uh, You may have somewhat overstated the findings. That's fine. Um, uh, One point. Young people are still in the United States, in Canada, in Europe, most places around the world. Young people are still significantly more accepting of sexual diversity than older people are. That remains almost as true now as it always has been, as it has for a very long time. Um, What the survey, the American survey, indicated was that there has been a slight slippage in positive views among 18 to 34-year-olds, positive views about a variety of issues associated with sexual diversity. For two years Uh, running, though. Yeah, for two years running, it's still a fairly slight slip. I don't want to say that this still isn't interesting and at some level surprising. I agree that it is both interesting and surprising, and it's worth still tracking. But it is only uh, some slippage, and it is still the case in 2019 that young people, young Americans, I mean, every poll shows this, uh, young Americans are significantly accepting of sexual diversity, very significant majorities on almost any question you ask, um, uh, more accepting than their elders are. Okay, so... Well, what you're telling me is is the headline is not young people have decided to hate LGBTQ2. The headline is there's some slippage. The question is why? Well, um, it's an interesting question, and I've had to think about this because I don't think there are many, if any, other surveys that show this. Um, not that I'm aware of, although I can't claim that. I mean, there's hundreds of, there's lots and lots of polling done on these kinds of questions, you know, around the world, basically. But so this is new to me, and so I have had to try to think about what, why. Well, one reason is what we might call the Trump effect, 
And, and that is not just related to attitudes towards sexual minorities, but attitudes towards racial minorities, towards uh, other historically marginalized groups. And because the current U.S. president has played to not very savory opinions about questions related to diversity, it empowers some people to give expression to views that they might have thought were not really legitimate issues, legitimate positions. So you're saying, in effect, that, uh, I'll use an example, Trump decided that trans people shouldn't be in the military in the United States, if I remember correctly. So if the president sets a tone that says there's something lesser about trans people than other people, such that they can't join the uh, defense forces of the country, then it's okay in some people's minds, and I'm extrapolating from what you're saying. You can tell me if I'm right or wrong. No, no, you're right. Okay, so uh, extrapolating from what you're saying then, that empowers some people to think it's okay not to like LGBTQ2. Now, we've seen this also. I mean, there's another factor that uh, is associated, not associated with this, but it, it works in the same way. And that is the explosive growth of the Internet means that people with extreme views um, find one another across borders, across regions, and so on. So that, again, people think they might have been isolated and alone in these sentiments find one another. So, again, it empowers people to give open expression to this and to mount demonstrations, you know, white supremacist demonstrations that we haven't really in recent years seen. So that's another factor. Well, we've seen, so we have seen some bumps in, in that end. And uh, our, our prime minister indeed uh, is playing on some of that, whether or not you can, I should be using the word playing or, or not is debatable. But the point is he's using it as leverage as we move into an election. So there's something going on here. Well, uh, no, it's true, and and I think it is appropriate for any political leader of any political stripe to call out people who uh, give voice to uh, openly discriminatory opinions or who support other people, wittingly or unwittingly, who give voice to those. But there's also another factor I just want to introduce here. I think there's another factor in this, and again, this is just me speculating, what is uh, one of the important and I think positive shifts in the last decade or two has been an increased profile given to trans issues. You mentioned that in relation to the U.S. military. Yep. That is good because that is a very marginalized array of, of you know um, groups. Uh, trans people are still hugely discriminated against, and public attitudes towards transgenderism and towards those who want to challenge fixed gender identities, public opinion is still quite, I would say, unstable on that. And it is easy to play on anxieties about gender uh, and gender identity than I think around sexual orientation. So because trans issues are more high profile now than they were a generation ago, when some people are asked in a poll about sexual diversity more generally, what they're thinking of more than they used to are trans-related, transgender-related challenges to what was once considered normal. And I think that may introduce an element of uncertainty in how people respond. Again, we're still only dealing with modest shifts, but I think 
what you're getting is a certain more than in some cases more than just a little anxiety about what gender fluidity means, what uh, transgenderism really means. I Sounds like there's, there's work to be done, obviously, but uh, in, the, in the limited time I've got left, I've got to ask this question. Are we mirroring in Canada what we're seeing trend-wise in the United States? Well, it isn't just in the United States. Don't forget the whole Brexit uh, referendum in Britain uh, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, was partly one by those wanting to leave the European Union on the basis of anti-immigrant sentiment, right? Because that's also the sort of issue that Donald Trump plays on. And we've seen some examples of that in Canada. I think it's likely to be more tempered in Canada. I mean, you look at, you, you look at how Canadians responded when, for example, Stephen Harper, when he was prime minister, tried to play on anti-Muslim sentiment, in the lead-up to the 2015 election. It was not good, in a way, that the government felt able to do that, but they then got defeated. And so, yes, I think we shouldn't be complacent as Canadians about public opinion towards marginalized communities of all sorts, towards Muslims, towards immigrants, towards uh, refugees, towards people with disabilities, towards women, too, not a minority group. Uh, I, we shouldn't be complacent. We shouldn't just think we're immune uh, from that. I don't think, though, that there's quite the same political support in this country for openly discriminatory attitudes. Not everyone that I work with and that I associate with would agree with me on that, but I think we are in a somewhat better position, though, these things are always fragile. David, we're Canadian. We're always polite. And with that, I'll say thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, thank you very much, Peter. I'm Peter Sherman, and this is Global News Radio.